Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 37-year-old South Korean from Clinton, Ontario, Canada. His hockey journey has taken him to Canada, the USA, Russia, and he is a legend of South Korea. His muck running started young with the St. Mary's Lincolns, the Bosman Ice Dogs, and the Des Moines Buccaneers, earning his ride to Bemidji State University. And he ran such a muck of the NCAA after his sophomore year, he left to sign with the Boston Bruins. After two seasons in the Bruins organization, he decided to spread his hockey wings and headed for the toughest team in hockey, Vityaz Chekhov of the KHL. Then two years with Neftek Himmik. Ms. Hennick <laughs> And in 2013-14 was named top goalie in the Nadezda Cup. But then he headed for South Korea and Anyang Hala and became a living playing legend. And he is a four-time Asian League champion, a three-time first-team All-Star, a three-time goalie of the year, a two-time playoff MVP, confirmed gamer. And for fun with the South Korean national team, has a silver and a bronze, named World Championship All-Star, and the best goalie in the World Championships. Oh, and he's an Olympian. Welcome to my shed, Matt Dalton. <laughs> that's quite uh, that's quite an intro there. But hey, uh... you did her, man. I just I just got the research team hot and checked out a few things, man. You've been winning a lot of shit over there in Asia, eh? <laughs> Yeah, it's been it's been a good run so far. So yeah, I can't complain. No kidding. Um, I get into how we know each other. I guess we met this summer in Godrich, Ontario. Yeah, the good old YMCA there. Yeah. Um, and uh I don't really skate often. Like I coach. I don't really move around. I just get bossy and tell people what to do. Um that day. O'Reilly um, was you running were, it. You were, buzz, you were buzzing out there that day. Wasn't I? Four on four yeah. scrimmage at the end. He made me do yeah. it. I, yeah, I, exactly. My conditioning wasn't ready for that, but I had I had to bring my A game. <laughs> I remember you in the room after and you, you I, was I wasn't sure if you were going to puke or, or what you're. You're... <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever, man. I was making plays. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, but when I got called i had uh my nephew and my son out there and you guys ha had a full squad of dudes working on stuff to get better and uh we just kind of stayed out of the way and they got to have their moment out there with you guys but then yeah then it was time to have a real sweat and a, a little game before the weekend and uh 
well, <clears throat> when you haven't got the heart rate up in like five years, <laughs> that all happened really fast. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. It's uh, when you get out there with those guys, uh, you know, you usually you're going to end up uh, with a pretty good sweat on. So, yeah. And fun fact, folks, just so everybody knows, instant chemistry between me and Snook, right? Ryan O'Reilly. Instant oh, yeah. chemistry, yeah. I'm surprised the Preds haven't called to give you I, a date. Right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I could I could just be like a 30-second power play guy, just no back That's check, it, just man. set up the half wall, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, hey, folks, just so everybody's aware, uh, winning goal was slap. Fake slap shot back door to O'Reilly tapping. No big deal. Game over, right? Winning's fun. There it is. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> but you can goalie, eh? And I brought your name up after that. And I had one of the Shed fans reach out and say, have you ever seen a goalie like this? And he sent a photo of you. And I don't recall it from that day. You were playing with uh, the curve the other way. Like, any, yeah. any instead yeah, of yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no it's not uh you don't see it very often uh were you doing it that day yeah yeah you i do it all the time yeah all the time i uh i never started playing goalie till i was a little bit older so i i i played out and i shot right-handed but i played baseball and i caught with my left hand do you know what i'm saying you're normal yeah so you're the same right. as me you shoot right but you do everything normal yeah. Right. So I always wondered like what that's like for goalies. Cause I'm a righty and I can't shoot with a goalie stick cause they're all left-handed. Exactly. So I tried at a young age um, to try to learn how to shoot left-handed. Um, and I, I was kind of at that age where I was kind of too old to kind of learn. And, and, and so I just learned to, to play that way. And, um, you know, I use a pretty big heel curve, um, and just the way it lays on the ice, it's almost straight kind of, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. but anyways, it, yeah, it's not, not something I think you're teaching kids, but it was something that I just, Wait, is that not what Cujo did? Curtis Joseph? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was a big fan of him, and I always wondered about being a righty, right? Like, even when you're yeah. playing mini hockey, like, I'm coaching the exactly, under boys man. now, and they're playing mini hockey. It's like all these righties that play goalie, they got the same situation. <laughs> it's exactly how I was, man. Like, uh, growing up, especially with Cujo with the with the Oilers and the Leafs, and, and uh, you know, for sure, I was a huge fan of him, and, and yeah. so it was kind of yeah, I just stuck with it. And yeah. now if I used it the other way, like I've tried using left-handed sticks just for fun and practice and stuff. And I'm ramping them up over my shoulder, right oh, under yeah. the bar and stuff like that. <laughs> eh? <laughs> well, you can goalie. I'm, I, like, I always find it interesting with goalies is like teams sign different goalies. But like as soon as you get out there for practice with a guy, like I know what I'm working with as a teammate. I know if you can stop pucks and you can stop pucks. I was uh, really I, impressed. I, I, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Uh, been, been able to do it for a while here. So, um, my, I guess I'm doing something right. So you are, you are. And, um, I, you know, it was part of my learning experience. I was at the end of my career when I went out with, uh, snuck the first couple times and it was like my lot, my swan song in Cardiff when I was going from NBA, I skated with him those summers a couple times. And I was just, I, I guess I was kind of in shock, kind of in awe of how hard he works in the summer 
how detailed yeah. he is, how he has a plan for every drill, what he's working on, why he's working on it. And when I was like, however much older I am than him, and I'm watching him going, geez, I can learn a lot from this guy. <laughs> like, um, It taught me that I wasn't doing enough in the summer to be better at hockey while I was professional, you know? Yeah, you know, for me... I took I was, him off. I, I didn't skate in the summer. I took it right off. <laughs> yeah, you know, I... I was fortunate that like I was me and Ryan's brother, Cal are the same age and uh, grew up together and are really close. And, uh, you well, know, he so was out my, there that day mucking it up too. He yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So I, you know, my summers were spent with them um, living at that YMCA yeah. and uh, you know, I learned, you know, through those guys, but, you know, we all pushed each other and, and we had a, we, we were lucky our age group. We had a pretty good group of guys in the area um, that were training there and training together. And you know what it's like when you're competing with guys like that, you know, it's, you better. It's, it's pretty, that's right. So, um, you know, looking back on it, um, you know, and with, with their dad too, you know, he was a pretty big influence in us at a young age, you know, training us and 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 stuff like that so as he, um, he he's not a bit into like the mental side of the game too isn't he like oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. he'll get right, he'll get right in there yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah you know i look back on it now um you know and how fortunate we were you know um to have that and you know i look at ryan and and you know, even when we were young like that, you know, he was always out there with us and we're quite a bit older and, but he'd be out there competing with us all the time. And, uh, and, and it's funny because no matter what it was, like, even if it was like running hills or, or training or, or playing roller hockey, playing street ball, whatever, he'd be out there all the time man, just, and, and just battling with the big boys and battling right. and it up. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, <laughs> Um, yeah, we were, we were lucky. We, we, we had a good crew there and, and, so would uh, you have grown up Would it, would you guys have been here on Perth Lakers then together? Yeah. Um, and, and then like, as we were playing juniors and stuff like that, we kind of really, you know, it didn't really get serious until, you know, it got serious. <laughs> yeah. Junior college, you know, it wasn't like nowadays where like, they're serious the, U, the U the U12s are working out and stuff you know what you know what I'm I, saying I, I do I went to junior B at Elmira and like I'd never had a team workout and exactly uh, and then exactly. our team our team workout would be leave the arena and go run two laps of a track and come back to the locker room and like the old boys weren't going too quick around that track so then the young guys are like oh well we'll just jog too then <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, it's, it was a different time. And, and, uh, you know, once we started getting into, you know, college, obviously I'm sure your experience walking into college was probably pretty similar to mine. Um, (laughs) growing, growing up in a small area like we do and, 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 you know, it was an eye opener, but anyways, you know, the same thing for me though, I go to Kalamazoo, Michigan and, and our weight room is shared with the football team. And yeah. holy moly, there were some monsters in that law in that weight room. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, not even you don't even know how any of these things work, right? And and uh no, I, I I hear you there, but it was uh 
Joey Hisham was a guy that, you know, trained with us a lot and, and, uh, you know, we had a great crew. Um, you know, we'd I, and go, I noticed go, that Joey Hishin, because I've heard his name, and then he got concussions, right? Because I think the first time I went out with them, he was one of the players on the ice, and then I heard about that. But when we were, when O'Reilly and I were training, like the first time, it was just me and him out there for an hour and a half, which that was cool for me. And I was, I offered my services because I'm trying to get better at coaching for my under 13 squad here. Um, but like, it was neat. But then everything we did, he was explaining that like they, they came from Adam Oates' drills and what they yeah. were working on and why. And um, I heard that Hishin got right in there with Oates too. And now he's like a skills coach too. Yeah. Like Joey was obviously a great hockey player and, and, you know, he ran into some injury things and stuff like that and, and cut his career short. Um, but super smart guy um, knows the game so well um, and knows what he's doing. Like, teaching stuff that matters not yeah. stuff that looks cool on instagram or whatever exactly. you know like yes. you know he 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 knows what what works and what doesn't and i have a ton of respect for him like we used to you know there'd be a bunch of us but we you know we'd go work hard all morning go have lunch and then we'd go play golf and at woodlands and clinton there every day you know yeah, that was our day. hockey guys <laughs> yeah and it, it was a, it was a blast man and then you know guys get older, you know, and we guys are getting girlfriends or guys are moving, living in different spots and, and, uh, you know, things change a bit, but there was a pretty good run there of four or five years that we, you know, we had a pretty good time. So, yeah. And it's fun in the summer when you have hockey guys around that have similar days than you, because for a while there, I was living in Elmira and my buddies would go to work all day and I would train by myself in the morning. And then, um, you know, yeah. yeah, it's tough doing that stuff. Like, you know, I'm way more I fun with guys that help you get better and you can compete with. Right. Like you got to have a different personality to be able to like push yourself by yourself and do that at that level. You know, like I obviously there is people like that, but you Looking know, back it's not... on it, I probably wasn't pushing myself hard enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was doing we... the best I could though, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It, it, uh, it's, anyway, but yeah, yeah so We'll move on past the O'Reilly stuff. It was a cool summer for me helping him out. But what was also cool was the last time I went out with him, I asked him to sign five pucks to raise money for some good causes. And then for helping him out, he just, he took the tape off the stick you just used, signed it and gave it to me. And I thought, huh, that's pretty neat. And that's a stand up dude that like, I never asked for it. Um, I just wanted to help him because I knew what it was like skating by myself on that ice because that's how I met him was I went to Godrich, skated by myself, and it sucked. And then I saw him with not many guys around nowadays, seven, eight years later, and I thought, well, I like hockey and I like getting better at coaching and helping see people get better. And his drills are cool. Watching him play hockey is cool. And now my son gets to watch the Predators play and he's getting hat tricks. And it's like, yeah, man, we know him. Yeah, you know what? It doesn't surprise me about the, you know, giving stuff away. You know, they their whole family. Um, they've always been like that. The whole family, super humble, super gen generous people. Um, yeah. You know, they they would take the shirt off their back for you, and they've always been like that, which is something more like that, the kidney out of them or whatever it was. Where uh, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there you to, go. To yeah, save exactly. Derek Nesbitt, it was his old man, right? And O'Reilly yeah, Graham. Yeah, yeah, Graham, and that's. You know, obviously, I grew up, you know, Nezzy was a big, 
mentor for me kind of growing up and Graham, you know, running the rink and everything like that, you know, he was a, you know, so it's such a small community, man. And, it takes and, everybody to make the puppies good. Right. And it takes guys like that to help you along your way. For sure. No, for sure. Still, no, so cool story. other ways we know each other then was that day we got chit chatting um, and you were getting ready to leave for South Korea and yeah. like, um, you're not the only guy I know doing this this year, and it's got to be hard. You made the decision it was time in family life to go over there alone and have the family stay set up shop in Canada. How's that going yeah. for you? Uh, it's it's got its challenges, just like anything. They're actually they're actually flying out here on Saturday, so that'll be nice to kind of recharge the batteries for everyone. They're coming out here for two and a half weeks, so. Well, I um, saw from your poster picks, like your family means the most to you. Most of your poster picks were your family. And I know how hard it would be. And shout out to Deeds, who's also a local guy around here that is doing the same thing in Hungary, right? Yeah. No, it, it's, it's, uh, sorry about that. That's my speaker going off. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging, man, you know. Um, but I, you only got a for, big enough window, right? And like, that's uh, right. It's not forever. And, and uh you know you make the most of it and i i try to try to focus on the positives you know like fortunate to be able to do what i'm doing and and you know at some point it's going to be over and you know i'm gonna be able to spend more time at home and all that kind of stuff and my kids are still fairly young that it's not that it's not a big deal but you know it's not old are they uh my son's six and my daughter's three yeah. So, yeah. And you know, the six year old, they, you know, they would start right. going to school with their friends that they're going to be raised with. Right. That's exactly. And that's, that's the when big... we came back was when my son was starting kindergarten and it was a good it's time. Funny, to be back. It's funny you say that because, you know, like the daughter, it's different, right? Like she's young enough that they probably wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. But, but with him, you know, he's playing hockey, playing baseball and stuff like that with his buddies and at from school. And you don't think it's a big deal, but it is to him, you know, in his world, that is a big deal. So a hundred percent. Yeah. Your buddies from home. And like, I've seen it with my son now, like he's got his crew in Concord, Ripley, Ontario, where he goes to school. Like he's got yeah. his lifetime buddies now because he hasn't been moving around while they're in school. Right? Yeah. No, uh, for sure. Um. Anyways, so other ways we know each other. You asked me if I knew Chris Blight. He's been to the shed, and we mucked it up all over the minor leagues and the yeah. junior. So he was over in South Korea. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I ran into him actually. Um, he I haven't talked. <laughs> yeah, man, I hadn't talked to him in years, and uh, he reached out to me and was like, "Hey, I'm coming to Seoul. Are you going to be around this time?" And and I was. And uh, I said, well, let's meet up for a night or something and yeah. have some beer and go out and stuff like that. And uh, it was great to see him catch up and talk old stories and ho- gave, sent him off, had him send him off for a good night and, and everything like that. So it was good. Well, I, I just saw him this summer in Cardiff, Wales. So that guy gets around because we were in his, Cardiff. His wife was saying, well, his we wife had- was is Welsh or something like yeah, that. Yeah, she's she's from Cardiff, but then one of uh, he played there before me, and then he switched teams. I guess I might have taken his job. Sorry, buddy. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, anyways, um, 
that after 10 years on team, they have a testimonial game where they can bring back teammates and they brought back us two punks and we oh, had a wow. great time. Yeah. We had, a, we had a weekend, put it together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't doubt that. Yeah. That's good. And other ways we know each other for speaking of growing up with each other and helping each other get better. My spring triple a, my Waterloo triple a originally before I switched to Guelph, Brock Radunsky. And his old oh, man, wow. and his old man Bob was our coach for spring AAA, and he was a beauty too. I know he's passed, but what a beauty right. Bobo was. But yeah, Brock, uh, he's one of the pioneers of the the South Korean Asian League. Eh, he was there years before you. Yeah, he uh, awesome dude too. Amazing person, um, amazing guy. Uh, he, you know, he was the big reason why I came over. Um, you know, talking to him and and what was going on and stuff like that. And, and he kind of, I don't want to say he talked me into it, but he kind of answered a lot of questions that I had. Um, yeah. And uh, he was a great teammate, man. He, he was awesome guy to play with good player. Um, yeah. Just a stand up. Awesome guy. Um, and small world for you there was, and it's amazing in the hockey world, the different lefts or right turns you can take that change your life. Uh, the summer I was down in Denmark, I had had a season, we'd won the championship and I was trying to figure out where to go next. I called Brock Radunsky about the, the Asian league because I knew he'd been really? there. I, I knew he was loving it. And he yeah. pointed me in the direction of the agent that had the most players in the league, which was David Amati, who now I'm buddies with, and he keeps me in the hockey loop here and has come yeah, to yeah. shed. But, um, yeah, it came down to me and some other guy for the last spot on a team. And uh, they picked the other guy. And that's how I ended up in Cardiff. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's uh, – I don't know that David guy personally, but uh, I've heard of him through the hockey world. And I know some of the guys that we've had before have used him and things like that. But, uh, yeah, small world, man. And another guy, I don't know if you know this, but uh, – I listened to one of your podcasts a while ago. I didn't realize that you played with Jeff Lavecchio. That's who the other and, guy uh, I've written down here. So yeah, man. West, Western Michigan University. I was a senior. He was a, a freshman. And uh, yeah, um, it was interesting. They put him in my hotel room and he was like teaching me how to live right. And I was, yeah, the, exactly. was the freshman. <laughs> exactly. No, he's doing cool things. And, and uh, I'm glad to see you know, he's doing awesome things right now. I actually, he was in Japan too, there for a bunch of years and yeah. ran into him there and, and, uh, which was pretty cool. So yeah, good, good dude. Um, last way we know each other is you're from Clinton, Ontario. And every time I hear the name of that town, it just makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit. When I came back here, I, uh, I did play for the Ripley Wolves and we went on a playoff run my, the year I played like for real, most of the games. And uh, we ended up in the finals against Clinton and they had a squad. Um, don't think they were playing voluntarily like the Ripley Wolves. Um, I think they might've got some uh, money for yeah, the being, way they were. Recruiting players. Yeah. I think they were getting compensated when they had guys that played at Western Michigan with me that like didn't live in the area and had families and would drive there for the weekends to play senior A hockey. So I'm just thinking out loud, but uh, it was an uphill battle. Uh, we lost. Uh, I almost died in that series too. So that was a tough time. Um, yeah. I went Good seven. barn though. Nice it, barn. It, great barn for senior. Uh, it was pretty well packed. And then Ripley was bringing bus loads of fans and it was as hockey as hockey gets. Um, tough losing you're you know when you're trying to win one last trophy um and then yeah going septic and missing the final game and watching your team get put out while you're like yeah in 
a lot of pain in the crowd because you're septic. <laughs> yeah, I had an IV not... in my arm for 16 days after that series. I went to work with an IV in my arm for 16 days that's to play insane. senior hockey for free. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, I I, I actually had <laughs> I actually had quite a few buddies that uh, played there, just guys that I'd grown up with and stuff like that. I think that I saw that. Them. I wrote a couple of them down because yeah, their names piss me off now too. That Vic and Doig. Yeah, those two. Yeah, those are two. Of my well, they're both of my wedding actually. Both. Oh, ah, so. great! I'm sure. I, <laughs> that's what I've noticed about this whole talking in my shed thing is I always hated all the guys on all the other teams. You know, while you're competing and mucking it up, and then now that I'm out here, I realize that they're all just wearing different jerseys, and actually, they're all a lot like me. <laughs> yeah, if they were sitting, if they were sitting in your shed right now, you'd love them. Yeah, maybe you know that was a tough one to swallow there thought thought we could handle senior a <laughs> yeah no. but then you get out there and you'd played every other team and you could like make moves in the neutral zone and they buy what you're selling and then you go out there against the clinton radars and it was like you're skating through the neutral zone on like a pro hockey team and like they all knew where to be and they didn't buy what you're selling and then you're like oh <laughs> Yeah, this this isn't it's not supposed to be like this <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this is way harder than it's supposed to be so where and what are you doing now? Where at, what am I doing now? Yeah, while well, you're playing in South Korea for Enyang, is that a town? Yes, it's like a suburb basically of Seoul, like basically like a, a Mississauga to Toronto kind of thing. Is that right? So, yeah. I got a lot of questions about this because, uh, I mean, Vex was in Japan, but I mean, he was like episode two because he was the one that inspired the shed. Actually, he had me on the hockey think tank and um, that was the second or third one I'd done and realizing I could make memories for my friends and get all my buddies around the world stories out there. And I thought I really liked doing that after retiring, getting to relive my my career and that's how i came up with this idea but that was vex anyways and that was a long time ago but he talked about i remember he was talking about some food in japan what's going on in south korean food game what do you uh doing? it's it's uh it's different it's uh you know what i will say we're living in such a big city um you, got you have all the you've got everything man you've got it's it's so westernized um you know it's basically what you, I, I, today was my day off. I went to five guys. I had a really? five guys. Yeah. So like, Thought you this know, be way more of an you, exciting talk. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, the Korean food is very spicy. Um, it's very, um, a lot of seafood, uh, also a lot of, a lot of beef and pork and stuff like that too, but a lot, of, a lot of rice. Yeah. A ton of rice, rice with every meal for sure. Um, but definitely a lot different than the Japanese food. And as a Westerner, I would say that Japanese food is definitely easier to eat. Um, it's not as spicy. Um, it's more teriyaki's and, and soy base and stuff like that. Instead of Korea being like, it just burns, burns you up pretty good. (laughs) I understand. Um, so I, I just curious question then when we're on this topic of living in South Korea was when I was, I think like 23 and I get on the plane and fly to Germany and, you know, I'm going there, I'm going to know a guy on the team, but like you're on that plane and like, I remember landing and I'm looking down, I'm like, what am I getting into here? Yeah. Yeah. How was the adjustment for you? You know what, to be honest, uh, like I was, I was living in Russia before I came here right. and 
you know, I remember landing here and when you land here, you know, it's, it's a peninsula. So, you know, you're coming over water and stuff like that. And, and you see all the mountains and everything like that. And I was like, man, this is, this is like beautiful. Right. And, uh, you know, you land, you get in and everything's very modern where, you know, in Russia, it's the opposite. you know, there's time. Yeah. You know, like depending on which city you're in and stuff like that, it, you know, it, and uh, I remember like, being like this is so nice you know like i in my building you know there's starbucks there's you know literally anything you need grocery stores gyms whatever you want is in the building and and i remember just like being like this is like you got everything you know, being, yeah and and uh so it was very I, I you know the culture was more of a shock i would say than the actual like yeah you know living and and food and stuff like that because you know if you didn't if you wanted to eat western food every day for every meal you you could if you wanted to right yeah so um it was more the culture um was what well it it is different yeah it's the same as going to germany and like they do things a little differently Um, yeah it's like in in germany now or well they always had these and they're my favorite part it was what brought back my love of hockey was going to germany and hockey was fun again was Tuesdays after hard practice, there'd be cabina fest, which means locker room party. You'd go out, oh, yeah. you'd get bagged, you'd work out, but then it would rotate around the team. Two guys would do it at a time. They'd bring in two cases of beer and food for the squad. And then you'd That's eat awesome. in the room and hang out. And then usually, just usually, the party wouldn't stop at the locker room. You'd end up hitting the town and be a full Tuesday. And uh, I plan on bringing that to under 13 concurrent Canucks. We're going to have a cabina fest. I'm turning 40 here this week and I'm making a cabina fest happen in Canada. So I remember my 40th birthday will be, I brought cabina fest to Canada, you know? (laughs) I love it, man. You got to keep things, you got to keep things interesting and keep things loose and, 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 and fun. Yeah. And fun. Exactly. That's, that's the key, right? Like, and I, I had moments like that too, where, you know, it's crazy to say, but like, yeah, when I came over here, you know, I had fun again, you know, I, I was playing with great guys, like awesome teammates and like, you know, it it was, yeah, it was awesome. It was something so much different than what I was used to. And, and, uh, it was the change. Russia would have been different that way. Right. They can take it pretty seriously. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it was, and that was, I was, by the time I was done there, you know, I mentally, they had pretty much, they were pretty much broken me, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, and, and, and I don't want to like, there was the, it was a great place to play. You know, I got to, I was lucky enough to play there the one year during the NHL lockout, which was awesome. Um, you know, the, the facilities are amazing. Um, it's just a different way of life. It's, it's a different way of hockey. And what happens is I think a lot of North Americans and Europeans go there and they expect it to be what they think is the right way. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, and but it's very it much looks- the same as going to like Germany, and you can get coaches different backgrounds, different ways of thinking, and they think more is always better. And like in the summer when yeah, you go there oh, for man. a month and there's no ice, and it's like all we do is run around a track, yeah. and it's like, well, we're hockey players. Oh man, we would fly like 
we go to these beautiful resorts. Like I remember we go to like Croatia or like, you know, even Germany and stuff like that. We go to these places and we just work out the whole time. Like we wouldn't even, and it, and it was insane, insane. And, and, um, and they think that's your team bonding, right? And it's like, well, this isn't team bonding. Working out together is working out together. You you eat, sleep and work out. Like that's all, that's all you do. And, and, you know, I, I will say like, looking back on it all, like met some amazing people there. You know, I think they kind of get a little bit of a bad rap or whatever, but you know, I met some amazing people over there and, and people that were so kind that helped me and, and, you know, and made my life easier. You know, you always hear the negative things and uh, you know, I, I had a, in general, I looking back on it now, you know, a a great experience, you know, it was. um, Well, we could probably stick with the Russia thing. We may as well bounce around a bit. I don't, you know, I I write down notes, but um, yeah. Your first year, um, and this is, this is after. Nah, should we stick with like it in storyboard form, or just go with it here? Because you go to Vitiaz no, Chekhov, and you know yeah. what? I visited with a player that played there, but just before you, Darcy Veroth. Yeah, I've heard of him. I I don't know him personally, um, but know of him. Yeah. yeah. He he, yeah. he he liked to muck it up. He liked to fight, and um, I think he was pretty darn good at it. But the story that this was early on. I think he was like episode 16 way back when, but he was, when I went to Syracuse in the AHL, he was one of the older fellows that was kind, was nice, would invite me over for the days after practice. We'd have lunch together, me and him and Canzanello. And he was just a good dude. And then I saw what all he did after. And you see the brawls in Russia and he's right in the middle of it all. But he told yeah. a story while he's playing for that team that the owner, before they got to the barn, went into the room and put numbers in everybody's stall of who they had to fight. And he got Yarmer Yager. He got number 68 and he had to go out there and jump Yarmer Yager. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Nothing, nothing surprises me there. Um, yeah. Like I know he the guy. <laughs> he did about. it. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I'm not sure if that was like, it was a couple years, I think before I was there. Um, but uh, yeah, that it was, there were some things that, you know, especially as a goalie, it sucked, man. Like, you know, you sit there and you knew, like, if the game was getting, if you were down going in the, like, down by two goals, it was going to turn into a, a bloodbath, you know And what then I mean? all of like, a sudden you're penalty killing and just getting exactly. that. Yeah. You're five on three for, you know, five minutes or whatever. And, and you know, so, you know, there's a lot of, you know, it was frustrating at times for sure. But well, uh, definitely as a goalie, yeah, you're not, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, anyways, one guy that was on that team though, well, there's a few guys I wanted to bring up, but yeah. Artemi Panarin was on your team, yeah, good dude. Could good you dude, tell man. how good he was gonna be back yeah. then? Yeah, it's funny you say that, like, um, he, he was different, like, he, you know, and this guy too amazing personality like yeah. this guy awesome dude like loves to have fun like smiling all the time like you know a lot of swagger um and i find like, like him you like to be an nhl star you need some swagger and he kind of reminds me a lot of like pasternak right where you can tell they're having fun playing hockey but they also can tell that 
they believe they can do things on the ice that other guys don't believe they can. Yeah. Like he, he would work, you know, we'd stay on the ice after practice and uh, do breakaways and shooting and stuff like that. And he, he would every day, man, he would eat it up. He'd be on the ice nonstop. And, and, you know, at the time you don't know how someone like that's going to translate over in North America. Right. You know, it's such a different, game you know it's a big it's a big cultural thing too right to to leave and and uh but i wasn't surprised at all you know to see how he's done because yeah he's a special player yeah Uh, well that same team you also have a couple legends of names as marasty and jablonski (laughs) yeah yeah so when darcy was done they they kept her rolling with the big boys eh? (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah those are my yeah those guys they were good oh, i tell you what i never felt tougher on any team i ever played on you know and and uh it was it was yeah it was interesting man it was uh it was a good experience both good guys um you know um well they're legends of the sport their names uh will go down in history as some of the toughest dudes ever and they are man those guys Well, they made a living being tough, right? (laughs) I don't know if you've ever heard the story about the street fight they got in, in, uh, in Russia. Did you ever hear that story? No, but I want to. We were, uh, we were in a preseason tournament and uh, those two guys got in a street fight in Russia. Oh yeah, it was wild. So I was with them, and oh and uh, I love these stories. This is what it's all about. And uh, so we, after the last game or whatever, we're like, okay, we're gonna go out. You know, we fly out the next day. We're gonna go out and have some fun or whatever. And and uh, we end up going to this this club, and we we're in kind of a dumpy town, way out in eastern Russia, like pretty dumpy town. And and this club we went to, it was connected to a like a wedding hall or whatever and there was a wedding going on in the hall beside and uh we pulled up there and right away that like all the people from the wedding were outside smoking darts and all that kind of stuff and they they recognized Jablonski and Morasti right away like they knew who they were right away and I could tell like you know they, they wanted to try their hand yeah, out they were drunk and you know they were just mouthing off or whatever and and uh I was obviously there was a lot of them. There was like probably like 12, 13 of them. And I was kind of like, I don't want anything to do with this or whatever. No, and, no, you, uh, you're just the goalie. <laughs> yeah. And and uh all of a sudden, you know, one takes a swing at one of them and and uh I never seen they like went back to back to each other, and all I seen was just boom, boom, that noise where it's like Crack. that contact. And people just laying on the floor, and I and we're, like nobody's coming at you at this point. Oh, it's a funny story, man. I I was like I was like I gotta get out of here. So I like tried to run away, and uh, this guy chased me, and uh, I was like, well, where am I gonna run to? Like finally, I realized I'm like, where am I gonna go? Like if I go away from these guys, I'm gonna be. Yeah. So I like turned, faced them, and like swung at them, and I missed them. The guy was so drunk, like when he moved to get out of the punch he just yeah. fell down so and i didn't and i didn't even hit him boom and yeah so then i like ran back to those to be with those guys and they had like dropped 
there's literally man there's bodies <laughs> laying all on the ground and these people from the wedding like are like screaming like the wives and girlfriends and yeah stuff, they would have like liked screaming. that they asked for it yeah so then we're like we got to get out of here and panarin was actually with us <laughs> and he was like uh the guy that like because the police came and everything and like and he's the one that could talk to them and be like yeah and got us out of it all and and uh you know we got out of there but i remember like the next day at the airport i remember that like the coach already knew like what had happened and like the next day at the airport he's like hey he's like you just can't be doing that stuff here like you know you're gonna get shot or killed or something like that and Mm -hmm. i was like yeah, it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't want to do it. But... I did, yeah, man. I didn't want anything to do with it. But yeah, it, those guys, man, they good dudes, like um, good teammates, you know. Yeah. So then uh, we'll skip back to the other stuff later. So then after that year, that was your first year in Russia where you go to the team I know is like the tough team. You switched yeah. to Neftek Himik. Yeah, Neftehimik, Nizhnikomsk. Neftehimik. Oh, the, you say the heem. Okay. Um, so you're there for two years, and um, I noticed a name. Nail Yakupov was on that yeah. team the year he's, like, going first overall. Yeah, that was the lockout. So he he uh, he's from that city. So he the lockout was going on, and he got drafted that year. So – he just played with us for the first half of the year until the lockout ended or whatever. And, and uh, yeah, good guy, good kid, you know, uh, obviously everything that happened or whatever, you know, whatever, but he was well, actually, it, it doesn't always shake out the way everybody right. sees it when they're 18. Right. Yeah. No, but good kid, man. Great personality. Worked um, hard, eh? he, he always worked yeah. hard on the ice, man. Worked hard and ha- always was having fun and, yeah. So in that during that time though, the Nadezda Cup, I'm thinking that's like a Pokal in Germany. I don't know, but you played yeah. in six games played and had a 0.95 goals against average and was named top goalie of the tournament. Yeah. So is that like of the KHL? Like you, all the teams yeah. are in it? Uh not all the teams. It was kind of like, um, so it was weird. Like at the end of the year that year all the teams that didn't make the playoffs so i don't know how many there would have been like maybe eight eight teams or something like that um they played in this tournament and uh yeah so it was kind of they're having a hard time scoring on you by the looks of things if they had less yeah. than a goal against a game <laughs> yeah that was a good you know what it's like when you when you get have hot a, you're hot yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so living in russia because i haven't had that many guys on that play in the khl do you not like you have your apartment but then the night before a game you have to live in whatever it's called like a baza or something where it's like yeah just depends every team is different um you know that niftahemic team we had a baza and uh you know yeah you would you would go there the night before games um would your wife come with you to russia uh, she did my first year when I played on that. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and, and then they didn't have a Baza, so, um, we didn't have to go there. Um, but with the nifty Hemic we did and, and, uh, you know, after morning skate or whatever, you'd go back to the Baza and mm-hmm. have eat and have your nap or whatever and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was quite a thing, man. It was like, it was, 
like ours there anyway. Like I think they're all a little bit different, but amazing facilities, man. Like amazing. Oh, yeah. Like we had swimming pools, uh, gyms, um, you know, hot tubs, cold tubs, doctors' offices, and 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 it's all uh, guarded. Like there's security to get in. There's like cement walls all around. It's like a it's like you're in prison. Yeah. And uh, and but a nice one. <laughs> yeah, because so the one time my wife was visiting, and I wanted to show her the Baza, and because uh, I was like. You know, I wanted to show what it was like because it's kind yeah. of different, kind of cool. Well, not really cool, but um, so I brought her there, and we got to the, like the gate, like the security, and they're like, "Yeah, she can't come in. No, like no women are allowed to come into Baza." And I was like, "All right, well, see you okay. later." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, yeah, you've uh, lived an interesting hockey life, and it's interesting how all guys can go different paths, but Russia and South Korea are, you know, not the normal paths for most. Right. Guys. Yeah. You know, and I, it's funny to say that. Cause like, I look back on it sometimes and like, you know, I see these guys that play in like these beautiful cities and in, in Europe and stuff like that. And, and that's one thing that I've never, and I've got to visit Europe with our national team and stuff like that, like going to tournaments and, and stuff. And, you know, that's one thing I do kind of wish I would have got to do is live in like, some beautiful mountain town or something like that you know and and live like the christmas festivals and all that kind of stuff and like you know but you know you can't do it all so um, no you can't it's uh um and you just kind of get on the the journey of the hockey career and see where it all shakes out right right yeah exactly. each season you make a decision where you're signing but you have found like a home and and young yeah, no, it's been, man, it's been the best decision I ever made, so. So, you're South Korean. You and Brock Rudunsky are both South Korean. One's from yeah, New yeah. Hamburg and one's from Clinton, Ontario. Yeah. And I tell you, you don't look that South Korean. No, I, I get that, actually. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it, I get that once in a while. <laughs> Is that right? Uh, yeah. I, I knew your name before I met you, just from, like, following that, because I would be following Big Brock, and, uh, then I see, well, the year I was trying to go to Asian League is you're there. And then Jeepers, a year later, you're South Korean and playing in the World Championships. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it was quite, I kind of knew, you know, going into it that it was a that was like, yeah. And that was a big reason why I I wanted to do it. You know, I, I had, in Russia, when I was in Russia, I seen quite a few guys like that got like Kazakh passports, Belarus passports and stuff like that. And, yeah. and I seen like what that could do for your career. And I was German like, German passports are a thing. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and, and you know what I'm talking about? Once you get the passports, you know, you're, you're not it's an import whole, anymore. It's a whole different and, thing. Yeah. And so that was kind of a big part of it. And, and, it wasn't promised or guaranteed to me, but it was like, you know, it's a, it's a legit option if everything works out or whatever. And, and, you know, so I was like, sure. So I can hear your radio in the background again. I know, man, it's my apartment complex. They like play these like uh, announcements over the intercom. Oh, really? So it's not yeah. like, it's not like a radio station playing. They're just letting you know what's up and then it'll shut yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. They just, what if you're they'll... taking a nap? 
doesn't matter, man. They just and they're usually at night. They're usually at this time. It'll be saying something like they're shutting down an elevator tomorrow, or or something's going to be closed, or something. Can like you that. speak the language a bit? I I can speak it a little bit, but I can understand what they're saying better than what I can speak. Yeah, same yeah. as my German. I could always mainly understand what they're coming across right. with, but um, like I can have a, I can have like a, you know, I can say what I want, but I can't have like a fluent conversation with you. And, can you, you say know? something in South Korean to me right now? Is that what it's called, yeah. South Korean? What the Korean? Yeah, Hong Hongu. Hongu? Uh, that's the language? Hongu. Yeah, that's what they call Koreans, Hongu. So, um, so like, in Korean, I'd say, like, Anyaseo, John and Matt Dalton, Imida, Hanguk, Yiramum, Halasan, Imida. And what did that mean? You're Matt Dalton? Yeah. And I'm Korean, and this is my <laughs> Korean name. And really? that's cool. It can speak and I'm best in Deutsch, but for guess and feel. There you go. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, yeah. I actually found Russian easier. And it's tough here because there's so much English. Like our coaches all speak English. My teammates all speak English. You know, everywhere I go in Seoul, everything's in English. You know, right. so, you know, you're not forced to, to like. Put in the effort. It's like the guys right. that go to the DEL compared to the second league. I find the guys that go to the DEL, hardly any of them learn the language because there's so many imports on a team. And then right. the Germans that are on the team are usually kind of somewhat the minority because there's so many imports that everything's in English. Where you go to the second league and there's four imports nowadays, it's like, well, the room can be mainly German and there's only four of you, so deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I could speak I could speak better Russian, um, especially when I left Russia than I could Korean, just because that whole thing, you know, like you were forced to speak it, especially the cities I lived in, you know, like it's different if you're living in Moscow or St. Petersburg or some of these big city, international cities, I guess. Yeah. Um, but if you're living in like these smaller cities, like, you know, you better learn how to speak it because. Well, it makes your life way better too, right? Outside oh, of the rink. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so, well, I don't know if you're the first, I don't think so, but you're an Olympian. Yeah, yeah. An Olympian from Clinton, yeah. Ontario, folks. Yeah. Jeepers. How was that? Where did where did you go? Where was it? It was in Korea. It was in uh which was cool to do it in like the host country and everything like that. It was pretty special. Uh it was amazing, man. Like um not just like the actual Olympics, but like the build up to it. You know what I mean? Like and the festivities you, and the ceremonies yeah, and yeah, and the we vibe. Yeah. And the guys on the team, you know, like we were going to all these tournaments and stuff like that and playing in Europe and going to all these things and, and the experiences that you make and you have building up to it. Like, you know, when you're sitting there talking to a guy or talking to Brock and you're like, Hey Brock, remember that nightmare in Prague and da 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 And yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, it has, it yeah, has nothing sure. to do with the Olympics, but it's the it build up. To it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now, those opportunities happen because of the Olympics. <laughs> right. And, uh, but the Olympic, the whole experience, you know, it, it is a whirlwind. Like it happens fast. And, and honestly, like you're, you're, hanging on like there's so much going on you know you're getting pulled all these different ways and and you're just trying to get through it um 
you know, it was, it was a whirlwind, but I was lucky. My whole family was here. My parents were here, my brother, my sister, um, you know, it's it was, a once in a lifetime deal. Really? For usually. sure. For, for sure. It's uh, it was awesome, man. And like the whole vibe of like the Olympic village and stuff like that, like, you know, it's, it's unbelievable, man. Like it's uh, the party and stuff that actually goes on is insane. You got to think of some of these athletes that have like trained, trained for, for years, long. trained for years to then go out and do the event whether they won or lost, yeah. the pressure's over. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's go and, time. And I seen it, and it was pretty cool. Like, uh, you know, I had my family and everything there, and and you know, I wasn't right in there, but like, I got to see it and live it through some of the other guys on the team that were going yeah. pretty hard. And and uh, yeah, man, it was it was wild. You know, there were some people too, some events, you know, that they're done on like day two. You right. know, like let's say you're like you're like a half piper or something snowboarder and you're done on like day two. Well, they got like 12 days to just uh, to go. At her. Yeah, yeah. Go at her, man. And, and, uh, and they there's should. definitely some of that going on. It was, it was, well, it's very much like when a hockey season ends, like you get so dialed in to every, like I always find this is, you know, maybe I'm wrong and maybe I do hockey wrong, but I think when you first show up, there should be some good nights out as a squad. You really bond, you get to know each other. Then you get into it a bit. Then the beer tents open up. You do that and get into it and become a team. Then there's the Christmas markets. Gotta partake. That brings teams yeah. together. And then come the dog days of January, February, it's it's go time. You're getting ready for playoffs. And then right. once you get through playoffs and it's over and the stress is over, whether you won or you're lost, it's over. And then everybody can let their hair down together. Exactly. And I, I think that's how I look at it too. But I think the new age is a little bit different than, you know, and I see it, you know, with the young guys that we have on our team and stuff like that. Like it, it's definitely men it's not the same as it was. Uh, it's definitely changed a lot and maybe for the better, maybe not. I don't know. I, I don't know, but wow. it's definitely not the same. Um, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and... I, I just, I, I just, I know that being serious all the time and having nutritionist coaches and foam roll and all that stuff is good for you. Yeah. There's but, a time and place for it. Yeah. There's, but I mean, I'm going to raise this under 13 team to have fun, enjoy hockey, do it for each That's other. Right. And, right. you know, we'll tell them the nutrition stuff and what they need to do. But at the end of the day, if your team's tighter and closer than the other 100%. team and they care more than the other team about each other yeah. um, and they play hockey the right way, you're going to be a tough team to beat. 100%, man. Like if guys are willing to play for each other and, and you know, play for a coach, go through a wall for a coach and, and things like that. We've all been on those teams, right. Where, you know, you can't wait for the season to be over. Cause you're like this team, it's, it's you know, these guys are, it's yeah, man, the coach and, and a prick, you know, his teammates are selfish, stuff like that. You know, we've all been on those teams and, and we've all been on. Win it, and then those are the teams that get put out right away and everybody kind of looks at each other. Well, we'll see you later. And then you never exactly. see each other again because that's the way it was. And, and then we've all been on teams that, you know, overachieve and, and, and things like that, that, you know, when you sit there and you look back, you're like, oh man, we were a tight group. Like we had, we had a lot of fun. Oh, we had a lot of fun, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. you look back on those teams and that's, that's, that's who had success. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah it's, 
Um, actually, speaking, of, uh, we just had another tournament there this weekend, which I haven't talked about. I've been in the shed for like a week, but um, we went to uh, the Tilsonburg area and we played up in the A division against the bigger towns. And we went there and competed with everybody. Had a, We went undefeated in the round robin. Um, get to the semis against an A team that hasn't lost all season. Um, our captain gets suspended in the quarterfinals. We're just dominating this team. We're up 6-1, just smashing Guelph, not even close. And we're having the game of the year, and we're up 6-1 in the third. And a guy's hooking our captain. He goes to get the stick off of him, like lift the stick off of him. And he's so much bigger and stronger than the other kid. He lifts the stick off so easily up that the stick goes over his head and hits the back checker in the top of the head. And they gave him a three game suspension for an accident. He didn't even mean to do it. So they suspend our best player, our horse, our Eric Lindros at center, which I switched from <laughs> D to forward. And he was dominating this tournament and they suspend him for the semifinals. So we play without our top dog in the semis against the best a team. And we mucked her right up. We lost two one. We were down 2 nothing in the third. We make it 2-1. We were right there. We pull our goalie at the end. Like, gave a hell of an effort. But um, this minor hockey thing's wild, man. The night before, um, the parents are up when the kids go to bed. And I it turned. Well, one of the dads says, Wally, can you do the worm? And I'm, I thought he was joking. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do the worm. And he's like, well, let's do it. And then he, we have this conference room. This dad goes out and does a flawless worm across the floor. And I was like, oh, I thought you were joking. So then I went and tried it. Didn't go well. And then everybody starts making fun of me. And they're like, aren't you an athlete? And then yeah. I don't know what was going on in Concordia, Ontario back in the day when these kid people were in high school. Because then one dad after another would get up and do the fucking worm right in front of me. And, like, I couldn't do it. And then, and then Brady, Brady's mother, gets up and says, Brent, come on. And then the mother goes up and does the worm right across the floor. So I couldn't handle this. I'm not good at losing. So I got up there. I tried one more go. I got right up. And I don't know if it's low back strength or what, but my toes came down and smashed on the floor. I thought I broke my big toes trying to do the worm. You must you must not have been hydrated enough. You, you well, I was hydrated. Or maybe you were too hydrated. <laughs> but no, like I just I don't think my body's fit for the worm. I was trying my best. I I hadn't overconsumed. I was right in the pocket. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but apparently I can't do the worm, but every other parent on the team can. So I uh, found I out a lot about losing that day. Uh, it was brutal. Um so, anyways, um the picture I found when the research team was getting creepy. Just warmed my heart. Ryan O'Reilly playing for Team Canada against South Korea, and he's right at the net, mucking it up just like it's a summer day in Godrich. Yeah, that was a cool. Uh, that was a cool experience. Um, what, you know, what we were in that? the world, we're in the World Championships, um, actually in Denmark. And uh, where in Denmark? Oh man, was it Herning? Yes, it was. Yeah. Fun fact for you, because you're a goalie. I don't know what goes on in South Korea, but in Herning, Denmark, when they win, they throw Twix on the ice for the goalie now, Matt Carruth, because of that's me, because of me in the shed. Though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We started it. Um, started it in uh, Cardiff. They started throwing Twix on the ice for him after Hungary. Vex started it in Hungary. They played together in Hungary. They started throwing Twix on the ice for him in Hungary. Then he comes to Cardiff. I have him on. And I say, we can get that shit going in Cardiff. And we did. 
Twix on the ice after every win, and now we've moved it to Herning, Denmark. So is he a big Twix guy, or what? Loves the... Twix. Yeah, really that likes him. Really yeah. Twix, eh? Like I. Maybe so what do you like? Or... Do you think any South Koreans are going to listen to us today in my shed? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. We, are you going to sharing's caring, Matt? You're going to have to put it out there. Yeah, I, I will actually. I will. Uh, I'll do that. Um, What's your favorite and... chocolate bar? If you won a game, say in South Korea, and a fan that listened in South Korea was like, "Well, I want to let him know I listened," and it's a small oh, world. Probably a Snickers, I'd say, but I actually I don't. Do even they have I Snickers think... in South Korea? Do they have? Oh, they got Snickers. Snickers I think I don't know if someone right? would throw something on the ice, so I think they'd be kind of scared too. But really, um, yeah, but. But if it was all for fun and it was a chocolate bar for the goalie, they wouldn't get in that much trouble. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, folks, if you're listening to us speak English today, not Hongu. Yeah, uh, there you right, go. Yeah. Right. If you want to listen to us in my shed and you want my heart to pop over here in Concordia, chuck him a Snickers. Right. There you go. Yeah. yeah. But only if you win, you got to earn it. Okay, Dalts. That's that's a deal. That sounds good to me. Those are the rules. So yeah, in Manchester, England, just because like you obviously don't know what I'm doing in here in my shed, but I sponsor the <laughs> captain of the Manchester Storm and he rips around with the two ales and hockey tails logo on his jersey. And then when they win, there's a chocolate storm. They throw chocolate. Really? Out the ice. All the fans have bought in, the team's bought in, they support me, they share all the stuff. Awesome, doing. And then all the different players come on and tell me what chocolate bar they want. And then fans throw them that chocolate bar. It is fun fun is fun so i've actually uh met some i got some buddies over here that i've met just from being over here that own restaurants or or pubs and bars and stuff like that and a bunch of them are actually english and the one guy's actually from manchester and one's actually from sheffield too he's like yeah i used to go to these sheffield games growing up or whatever so yeah, it's world, world, eh? world. yeah, yeah. yeah these guys, those are my yeah. honey holes so yeah um, yeah. Sheffield's getting back on the horse here this weekend. They're going to play their first game since that incident over there. And can't wait for the boys to get back at it, doing what they love. Right. Yeah. That's terrible, man. That's, uh, that's yeah. awful news. So hopefully, yeah. Hopefully everybody is ready to get back at it and, um, do it. For, it's like I would say is Adam Johnson would want everybody back at the barn playing hockey. He would sure. want his teammates. He would want the fans. He would want everybody going back out there for him like I, it, yeah. if something happened to me i i wouldn't want the game to stop no know? no for sure it's uh yeah and i think i don't know a ton about it but i've been seeing lots of you know stuff and awareness and stuff like that going on and obviously it's a terrible tragic thing but hopefully something good comes out of it maybe i think i think the net guards i think whether they make them mandatory or not i think a lot of people will right make that decision i know if it was me um i always didn't really think they did that much um when i was playing um right but i'd be putting one on right and i think you're starting to see it even in the nhl and stuff like that guys voluntarily putting them on and, and stuff so um yeah anyways Anyway, so playing for South Korea, though, and you go to the World Championships and you're playing against the buddy you grew up with playing for Team Canada, yeah. that's weird. It was weird, man. I, you know, the whole thing, so going, like, even farther back, like, when I first got my passport, the first couple times, like, I played for South Korea, it felt really weird. 
like it, it's hard to explain what that feeling's like but like it's not like i was playing for team denmark or team hungary or something where like we look similar you, you could, similar right like you could say oh oh i see it you know you stand out and yeah. and big you know, brock redunski at six foot five and blonde kind of stood out too exactly so you know and i was fairly new there when i got it and, and i and i didn't know everyone that well and and you know i was so it was it was awkward man the first couple times and then it kind of became natural and i was like this is my home this is where i'm playing and everything like that and it, it became i became comfortable with it but we played actually we played a tournament in moscow um and canada was in it it was like before the olympics and uh it was the first time i played against canada and man that was weird that was that, really that, weird that would be weird and you know i was glad that i got to do that once before um get another way and everything like that and and you know, and then when I played them going forward, it was just kind of like another game, I guess. Um, obviously, not just another game, but well, and I, it, it you also growing up in Ontario, small town Ontario, you'd also know when you're playing Canada, like how big of a deal it is over here that everybody's watching Team Canada play. Yeah, and then and you you're, throw you're the one playing against, against them. <laughs> yeah, and then you're playing against your buddy that you grew up with, right? So like. You know, it, it was, uh, hit, and actually his family was over there too. And like, you know, I'm going to, I'm like got dinner with his family and stuff. And, and, and then, you know, our hotel, we're in the same hotels. So like, it's a long tournament and you got, so we're hanging out on the street, you know, we're having drinks and stuff like that, like having a good time. And, and mm -hmm. yeah, it was a great, it was a great, great time. You know, it was, we played, you know, we played USA in that tournament too. And they were just loaded um finland was loaded um you know it was yeah it was... you played against some squads eh yeah. <laughs> yeah oh yeah um so poster pictures brought to you by freeman designs my poster maker guy over in cardiff wales that has done now jeepers nearly 350 posters and you can see them back there on the shed You'll get yeah, there with that's every... cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That's like, yeah. it's like my, that's my shed family. That's my hockey family. It's all, a lot of guys I played with. And now I've met new guys too through it. And I tell you, your hockey family can be a pretty powerful thing. You know, listen to that's in 88 awesome. countries now. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's it's, pretty cool. Yeah, is that cool. is cool. For so a bum minor leaguer that played in a second league in Germany and played middle, like in nowhere. And then, um, yeah. In the um, shed and carry in the shed in King Carden. It is weird, but it's as fun as it gets and never felt more like myself than when I'm in my shed, you know? <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. No, I, I think it's sweet. Poster picks. You're shaking hands in your South Korean jersey with, um, well, a South Korean fella. Is he the boss? He's the president, actually. He was the president. Is he the guy that finagled your way into a passport? No, like he's the actual like president of the country. Oh, so like okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, not the president of hockey, the president no, of the country. No, he's like the president of the country. Man. Like, <laughs> oh, that's a pretty big deal, then. Yeah, so, you don't even know the president of South Korea. Holy moly, he, man, you're really doing it over there. He was the. He's not the president now. He was the last president, but uh, like, yeah, I was. 
got to meet him and stuff like that. And yeah, he's right on the of, ice with you. Eh? Yeah, he came, yeah, which was cool. Like it was, yeah. Obviously, some kind of field felt like a bit of a photo op and all that kind of stuff, right? Like photo ops shaking, are fun. Yeah, should have got a shed guy <laughs> selfie like we do in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Well, yeah, cool that cool to say that uh, you know you got to do that anyway. So, oh, for sure. Um, another one, you got the crossbows out with the fellas. Hey, eh? into shooting crossbows? Yeah, those are actually compound bows, but yeah, I love it, man. I love I love shooting ar- archery and stuff like that. Love the outdoors. Um, yeah. For me, you know, you like fishing too, eh? Love it, man. Love just getting away from. everything Everything. yeah getting away from everything and just shutting it off and you know what i do it's just probably weird is i drive on dirt roads to get away i love i do it all the time looking for deer and turkeys i have a a hard time driving on pavement man people are going too fast you know if you take the same roads as everybody else you see all the same shit yeah no i uh i almost ran into a blue heron the other day on the way oh, back, yeah. yeah. So Massive. I, th- it, this has never happened before. I was driving down a back road on the way back from the tournament, and I'm cruising along, and uh, there all of a sudden was a blue heron, like on the road, like standing there on the road, and I'm coming, and it tries to fly, and it missed my windshield by like a foot, man. And if I was thinking, I'm like, I've never seen a blue heron on the road, like getting hit they're by massive, a car. Eh? Massive. So big. Yeah, they're so big. Yeah. It was a wild experience. Yeah, yeah. I got into the the archery thing, um, and like I'll go shoot like in some competitions and stuff in the summer. And you like competing, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you tell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And a couple of those fishes were big. Is that out on Lake Huron? Yeah, um, out of Grand Bend. I have a keep my boat in the in the marina there and and uh try to get out as much as i can you know you live in concordon probably know the lake can get pretty messy out there in the summer so you gotta yeah you gotta pick wait your spots when it's yeah flat. yeah exactly so well, yeah. small world grand bends where we stayed when we became international silver stick champions last year in forest oh Ontario. yeah yeah Did you? nice yeah, yeah. Yeah, right on the right at the main light there. That one, right on, right on the, the new side. one. Yeah, the new one there. It, it's 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 a, it, it was a good spot, man. They 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 opened up the lobby for us and let us run amok all night. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Um. Okay, let's see here. Growing up in Clinton, so did you play local minor hockey in Clinton? I actually I played in Seaforth. That's how my connection with like with the Nesbits and all that. Yeah. yeah so. Um, I just we lived through the, there. Yeah, we we lived in the country actually, like right in between Seaforth and Clinton. So we got to like choose which one we went to, and and uh, my dad grew up in Seaforth, and and that's just where we decided to play and and everything like that. So yeah, so I played my minor hockey there. Then here on Perth Lakers, the AAA squad, right? Because where I live, you can go here on Perth or Highlanders. Um, would you have gone AAA to here on Perth? Would that be going on yet? Uh, it was going on. I actually never played uh, for the Lakers. I played just minor hockey in Seaforth. Um, and then I'd play like on these like summer hockey, spring hockey, yeah. I guess. Teams yeah. With those the AAA with all the, yeah. 
yeah same, th- so same thing my kids been doing so far we did that last year and uh actually it was uh walking out of the goddard arena this summer um mcfadden from town here garrett who's in slovakia we're walking out we're talking minor hockey and my coaching and all that and he says to me, he says, you know, the best decision I ever made was not leaving my hometown until after under 13, until after Peewee. And he said, yeah. it, having those memories with my friends from home and all that, he said, there's time for AAA after. You still got a couple years of driving all over Ontario and playing all over. He goes, and I said, well, hey, don't tell me that. Tell him that. <laughs> so I, yeah. He told no. my son that. So now he, you know, he had kind of had his mindset up of what do you want to do next year. Now I think he's back on the fence. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, it was different back then too, you know, like I, I, it was, it wasn't like it is now, you know, there's more. Now everybody thinks they got to leave by like, uh, you know, young. And yeah, so it was a little bit different then, but, and we had good teams. Like we always had good teams. We used to actually. That matters. Yeah. And that was a big part of it, right? Like that Tyler Doig, that Luke Vick, all those guys played Cal O'Reilly, um, you know, we, we had good That's a squad then. <laughs> Those guys so, are all in one small town. Yeah. Like there's other bunch of other guys that played junior, played junior B, um, you know, which is good hockey for oh, yeah. small town kids. Right. So for your fun fact, then, since you kind of sound like you were raised in a similar situation was the Woolwich Elmira single A team. We had me, Dennis Weidman, Rodney Bauman, who's an OHL champion, Adam Hogg, Andrew Lackner, both NCAA. Uh, we had five guys go past junior B out of single A Elmira. That's amazing. Yeah, man. Very similar. Very similar. But yeah, who you grow up with it and who you're competing with daily, it changes you, right? 100%. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So good. then you, you're, when you jump into junior, it looks like you're thinking about playing for the London Nationals. You play one game and then head to the St. Mary's Lincolns and start running amok, eh? Yeah, like I, I had signed with London, um, was playing there. I was living there, going to school there. And um, all my buddies from Seaforth, there was like four guys from Seaforth that I played minor hockey with that were playing in St. Mary's at the time. And St. Mary's was kind of a younger team, not as good. London, we were loaded, like we were good. Um, and I wasn't going to get to play much. And uh, so all of a sudden – I didn't, and it was weird, man, being that age and like finding out you've been traded and stuff like that. It was really weird. And being in school and stuff. And I remember I I got done high school. I got done school that day. And the GM from St. Mary's just picked me up at school and drove me to St. Mary's to practice. (laughs) And uh, like, oh, okay, I guess I play for these guys now. And, and, and it helped having all those guys that I grew up with from Seaforth um, on the team, you know, and, and comfortable right away. 100% 100% and it was a blast man I got to play a lot and and and, and I moved back home I went to home, move back in with my parents and we used to carpool man we drive all of us there was like four or five of us and we drive my mom had this old van and we drive this van to St. Mary's all the time it was a blast we had such a good time that's hockey yeah, that would be fun doing it all with your buddies and yeah 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 good. so um well, I guess this guy's yeah, the research team saw this guy a couple times. Um, and I always took a shine to him just because he was not that big of a right-handed shot score guy. College free agent Matt Reed was on that oh, yeah. junior B team. Then you went to Bemidji with him and like 
he made it out of, you know, being a free agent college guy, right? I played with him in Des Moines too, actually. Oh, uh, we're three places. Yeah, man. He, Rito, Rito, awesome guy, hard worker, um, kind of a late bloomer, um, but he was always good, man. He was always good. He, he worked hard. He was always a good player. Where's he and from? He's from Ilderton, actually. Because I find, and I mean, people may think I'm crazy with my Instagram stuff or whatever, but like if I see a kid on Port Elgin, say Chase Cosgrove, or Brady Snow in Shallow Lake, and my kid's playing against a kid that I'm like, well, who is this kid? And nobody knows about them around here. And it's like, right. so all it takes is for me to take a photo of that kid and say, this kid is a confirmed player. Well, whether that means anything to them or not, I don't know. But it's like when I was growing up in small town, Ontario, nobody knew about me. Nobody yeah, knew about me until I got to Western Michigan university. And it's like, yeah. if I can help these kids get their names out there, I'm all for it. I mean, people helping people that's hockey. Yeah. And that was kind of, yeah. Same situation growing up in a small area. You know, you, you, you almost have to have that chip on your shoulder and, and, you know, because, you're not getting the exposure the kids from Toronto are, the kids from Kitchener or wherever, right? You're yeah. London. You're, you've got to, you know, you got to earn it. You got to, you got to. Yeah. Well, and like you did, that guy did. Um, like, I mean, he made it out of Bemidji, right? And uh, yeah. undrafted and had a similar upbringing than us. And you were darn close yourself. But anywho, you go from St. Mary's, you play there, what was it, two years yeah, played two years in St. Mary's, yep. So then what was the decision to go to the Bosman Ice Dogs in you know the what? U.S.? I kind of had made a decision there that I was like, you know what? The reason I decided to go play NCAA was Nezzy. And um, I Did you already really have the Bemidji it. State thing done while you are in St. Mary's? Or were you going, no, no, going there I, to try and get a scholarship? Yeah, exactly. So Nezzy was at Fair State, and I remember him telling me, Mucking like, it up against me. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, You got it. He's like, You should go play NCAA. And I was like, Okay, sounds good or whatever. I didn't know anything about it. And so his parents actually a couple times took me down to watch him play games. So, like, Jeez, I'd go down really and, doesn't it? 100%, man. Once I went there and saw that, I was like, Oh, I don't, you know, because I had a few opportunities to go play for different teams in the OHL and stuff like that. And, and um, once I went down there and watched them play, you know, in these tournaments and stuff like that, I was like, man, I want to do this. And, and so I asked him, I was like, Nezzy, what do I have to do? Like, he's like, well, first off, he's like, you should go try to play junior in this, in the States because there's way more scholarships down there. So I was like, okay. And um, you know, I, got connected with this team, Bozeman team, and and uh, went out there, knew nothing about it, went out there. Parents drove me out there. It was like 24 hours. Where and, is that? Uh, Montana. Dropped me off. And uh, it was awesome, man. Like, we had an amazing team. Uh, it was awesome. Great Goals stuff. against average, 1.63 that season. 940 save percentage. 11 yeah. playoff games, 1.55 goals against, 9.37 save percentage. Did all right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, like, what hit home for me, though, especially as a coach where, I mean, people around here maybe don't know my background. I'm just this short, fat guy, you know, waddling around town. But, like, when I'm coaching this under-13 team, there's so many different options of, like, memories yeah. we could make. And it's like, so – do I take them to Kalamazoo to watch Western Michigan Broncos game and get taken care of? And it's like, you have to find the time to do that. You'd have to have the parents buy in. But like, if those kids saw an NCAA game, it would be a life memory that they would be like, I've been to an OHL game. They ain't even flipping close to an NCAA game. No. And, and one thing too, like, I think people got to realize too, is you've got to take some initiative in your career or whatever you want to call it, you know, like if I wouldn't have went to the States to play junior, I don't know if I get a scholarship. Like I, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Like for me and, and no one, that was me contacting these teams, trying to get out there. And, and I think there's a lot of kids that wait for it to happen. Yeah. And, and, and just go get it, like take some initiative in it. And and what's the worst someone's going to say to you? No. Okay. Well, there's it was the, it was the same one. for me with this having an agent thing. So when I was younger and I thought agents did it all for you, it's like, well, actually it's relationships with coaches, GMs, players. And um, once you're in a league and people know you and you've made your name, it's when I decided to do things on my own at the end and I was contacting teams to, on my own, it was it was, it took all, all the horse shit. It was like, I'm not sitting at exactly. home waiting to find out what's going on. I, I know oh, what's going on. I'm the one talking to them and I know who's interested. I know who's not. And I know why they're not. I don't know why they are. And um, then like when I made my deal to go to the UK and get the MBA deal and it's like, well, I went out and did that. You know, I didn't wait for my agent and it was middle of summer. I had nothing. And until I got on the phone and started doing it, you know, who knows what those guys are doing when they got 50 other dudes. hundred percent. I couldn't agree more, man. And I, but, and I think it's important even at that younger age, man, like, you know, there's, there's, there's too many of this still, right. The pool's still too big. <laughs> right. And, and, and there's lots of options out there, but you gotta, you gotta go out there. Like how, how is some coach from uh, some junior team in Texas know about this kid playing in, in Orangeville or yeah. something like that. Right. Yeah. Like, it's like, you got to get them out there. And if you're good enough, you know, the, the cream rises to the top, like, you know, and, it, and yeah. you, you just need an opportunity. Like you got to get an opportunity and, and take yeah. advantage of it. I agree. And um, for all the minor hockey folks, if your kids can play, I'm right here to help you on your way. If you want, if you have any questions or you want me to get their name out there, you just let me know. Right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that the, you know, especially with what you're doing right now, coaching these kids, like, you know, your message or your lessons or whatever, they're invaluable, man. Like these parents, a lot of these parents, you know, maybe played minor hockey or something like that, but. And then then some of them can have kids that like, you can see the potential you can see like that they could have it. And it's like, well, let me help you guys. (laughs) Let me show you. Right. Like, like, yeah. hey, this is what you should be doing, or this is what you should be doing. Because it's easy for parents, too. Like, where we live, you know, you can get sucked into so much BS and, and so many gimmicks and so much stuff. And if you don't know... And a lot of times, it's the... it's I, And I did, I'm not saying bad things about former players. I'm saying... 
there's guys that want to stay in the game and the hockey school thing or the training has become their business but that's, that's exactly what it is is their business, the business. and it's they're true. trying to make money off your kids it's not them trying to get them to the next level it's it's they're making money <laughs> yeah no that's exactly it and, and and it's you know to us this seems easy to realize right but right. To, but when you're yeah. in it and they haven't been through it and they they, right. they see the next step or the next thing and they think they got to go do it all and it's like well you don't actually have to yet <laughs> yeah well johnny johnny's doing it so we got to do it or you know yeah. and you know but anyways anyways bosman you ran amok dominated so then you head to the des moines buccaneers des moines that's iowa yeah it's iowa good city yeah good city good city yeah. how old are you there then I was 19. Um, in eight playoff games that year, 156 goals against, 950 save percentage. Early turn her up for the playoffs, eh? Yeah, I could see the summer coming close. So I, you know, I just, <laughs> I'm like, it's almost done. It's almost yeah. like you get a second life. You're like, well, isn't it weird, right? When you're a small town boy and you move away and you know the season's coming. To- near an end and you're so close to getting to go home and see your friends exactly. it gets so exciting like i re- yeah I'm- and the weather's starting to get better so you're yeah. like you know you, you've been through winter and spring's starting to come you're coming to the rink and you know it's a little warmer and you're just like well and winter you're meaningful games that matter and you're trying to win trophies and then you also yeah. are like well when this is over i get to go see all the boys exactly <laughs> man that's exactly how i feel about it and and uh yeah maybe I had that attitude all year too. I should, you know, should, but it's, it's different when it's all year. Cause it's such a long period, right? When you, when you get to those playoffs, you're like, well, at most, what's going to be a month, a month and a half or something like that. So you're like, yeah, let's yeah. do this thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, when did you get recruited by Bemidji and why Bemidji? It was actually when I was in Bozeman. Um, so I had planned to go to school that year. Um, and I was getting like, you know, I was talking to, my dream was to go to Michigan state and, uh, you know, I was getting recruited by North Dakota, like all these schools. And what happened was I didn't realize why Michigan state just because in Seaforth, there was a bit of a connection with Michigan state. Mike Watt went there, uh, Rem Murray, uh, all the Murray brothers, um, Ron, Ron Mason, Oh, there was kind of a connection. He's from Seaforth, Ron Mason, like yeah. the guy that was the coach when I was there. Yeah. Really? So all these guys are from that area. And uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that was kind of, I, yeah, I just grew up and wanted See, to for go me, there. It fit for me to go to Western Michigan because I always like trying to beat the bu- big budget teams, right? Like the Michigan, Michigan yeah. States. And I'm like, I went on my recruiting trip. They played Michigan at Western Michigan. And you get the band playing, you get the student section, and yeah. then they competed with one of the top teams in the country. And I'm like, oh, I'm in. <laughs> For sure. And I, and yeah, so I was just kind of, those were the schools I was talking to and everything. And then what, what happened was like, I had to get through that clearinghouse thing, that NCAA thing. Yeah. And growing up in Clinton, Ontario, I didn't really care about school. Uh, you know, And I never thought that like, it was going to mean anything. Right. Like yeah. I was just, like, yeah, I'm a hockey player. That's what yeah. like, 
Yeah. And so I wrote my SATs and there were a lot of stuff. I did fine on my SATs, but it was like my high school classes weren't good enough. So I couldn't get through the clearinghouse. So once that happened, like, you know how it is, all those schools just stopped talking to me because they're like, especially for a goalie, you don't need a goalie every year. You know, it's all based off of like, when if you got a senior. Or, yeah, that's right. So they all stopped talking to me. And uh, I was like, oh, oh, well, well I guess. I, whatever. And, and um, there was another guy on my team that was committed to Bemidji. And later in the year, they asked him, they're like, like, why is your goalie like not committed anywhere yet? Like what's going on with this guy? And uh, he had explained to him what was going on. And, and uh, they had asked if I would like meet with them and like go to dinner or something like that. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, what do you got to lose? So met with them at dinner and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, they kind of said to me, send, send us all your school information. We want to look at everything and see what we can do. Like, all right. And uh, they got back to me and they're like, listen, like we think we can get you eligible, um, but you're going to have to commit to us and, you know, and then, and then we'll, we'll do it. Right. So that's what happened. And, and they're like, the kicker is you're going to have to play an extra year junior. Um, and go to school while you're in junior and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, well, sure, whatever. Yeah, so, so you had to do uh, like a couple more classes, beef it up a bit, yeah. and then you're yeah. in. Well, yeah. and how worth it is that, right? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. But it's crazy because, you know, if they didn't reach out, I wouldn't have known that. Like, I wouldn't have known. To get registered for a yeah. couple more classes and get it. it I, I would have just ex expected I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And it shows you too, like, all those other schools too, a lot of them, they weren't really willing to put the work in to like look into it or anything like that. They, as soon as they found out you couldn't get through clearinghouse, they were just like, well, we got to move on, move on. You know, yeah, and not, not of, ask instead them. of dig in for a kid and help the guy out. Right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that's how that kind of all panned out. And yeah, I played against Bemidji. I went there. Um, it was in the old barn though. You would have been in a new barn. Oh. Uh, I, they were in the new barn actually right, uh, when I left. So if I would have stayed, that was a been... cool old barn. I almost felt like I was in like, uh, somewhere in Germany playing. <laughs> yeah, it was a barn. That's for sure. But, yeah. uh, you know, it was, it was, it was on campus and, and everything like that. And it was fine that like now the new one, like they're so spoiled. That's pretty like, up North, uh, Minnesota, right? Yeah. Very far up North actually. Like yeah. Northern Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. Way up there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I play against them, and uh, one of my teammates, who's a good dude, that went there was Andrew Murray. Went to the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know the name. I don't. I don't know. You would before you. Yeah, you're only yeah. an eighty-six, and I'm guessing that's why you wear number eighty-six in the net, eh? Well, the funny story about that is, like, when I came here, they asked me for my number, or whatever, and I, I said, oh, I, I'll take number one, and they're like, oh, it's taken, and I was like, okay, like, I'll take thirty. And I'm like, they're like, oh, it's taken. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, all right, 86. Like, I'm like, no one's wearing that. And so it just kind of stuck or whatever. So, well, it'll be pretty neat. Like, do they retire jerseys in South Korea? I know everybody's got different yeah, they, cultures. Yeah, they do. Um, so they, 86 they will be going up there in the rafters in South Korea. Eh? <laughs> I, I think I don't want to guarantee it, but I think at some point it probably will. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, there's four or I, five right now. 
Did you did you read the intro? I did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> pretty sure you're going up there, big guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, anyways, you go to Bemidji. Probably a different experience than going to Western Michigan. So, when I went to Western, was about the school stuff. Was I did my SAT and I did well, and then. It, the deal was kind of, oh, pretty well done. I'm like, so what do I need then to get into school? And they're like, well, pretty well just need to pass your classes. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, no, Bemidji was like, it wasn't, it wasn't Harvard by any means. You know, it was, uh, Western Michigan you know, ain't either. <laughs> yeah, it was the same thing. You got to keep your grades at a certain level or whatever. But like, I don't know what Western was like, but like, the first couple of years you're taking all these general classes anyway, before you even get into like your major yeah. or whatever. And they're all pretty. But like pretty what I'm saying would be different was it's a school of 30,000 folks that love to party and uh, oh, generally yeah. just pass their high school classes. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite heard, the time heard, at Western Michigan. I don't know what it's like at Bemidji, but Western can be a uh, tough. <laughs> I've heard, I've actually heard some great stories about Western that, uh, <laughs> You know, yeah, they're but all it, true. <laughs> yeah, Bemidji. Uh, it it's a it's obviously a smaller school, but um, you know, state school, uh, same kind of thing. Like, uh, it, yeah, same kind of thing. It's it's definitely uh, you're pretty secluded up there. So I will say the kind of cool thing is like your team's your team, right? Yeah, and most people stay there, right? Like people that go to school there, they're not going home on weekends and stuff like that. Like, yeah, um, they're in it. You know, so it, it's it's kind of cool that way, and it's a nice campus right on the water, right on the lake, and and uh, you know, it was a good time. I think for if I did four years, by the fourth year, you'd probably be be itching. Yeah, but uh, well, yeah, you didn't. Um, but your freshman year. And that's what's interesting about the goaltending life compared to players is you can sign with the team and be like, well, I'm going to earn my spot. Um, you yeah. go to Bemidji and the starting goalie is Matt Climey, who had a hell of a career himself. Yeah, no, it's funny. Like, you know, going into it too, like I remember going into it thinking like, you know, when you're young like that, I remember like this, the college hockey had come out with like the top incoming freshman for the year or whatever and like they rate like the goalies the forwards the defense and I remember I I was like the number one incoming goalie recruit that year Jeepers. and and I remember thinking like oh I'm gonna play like you know why why yeah. am I not gonna play I've played everywhere else right and 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 you know not really realizing either the jump from junior to college and then big one biggest one yeah. I took and and not not even just the hockey but the living you know living on your own no billets like all that kind of stuff um and it was an eye-opener man it was a it was a very humbling experience it was uh but it in some ways it was the best thing that ever happened to me um you know it, I went in with what we were talking about earlier about like you know, I never worked out. Like, why would I ever work out? You know, and and then you know what it's like when you get to college, and and you work out. They they eat weights, and yeah, and you do. And and I remember being like so out of my element, and you know they were hard on me, and uh, you know it was kind of. I remember after that freshman year, um, being like, 
you know, I'm going to, okay, like I'm going to put everything I can into it this summer and, you know, and then whatever happens, happens, you know? And, and the one thing too was like, it wasn't like, like climbing was a good goalie, you know, like it wasn't like they had some puck bag, you know, that you weren't playing. And and that would piss you off. Right. Like he was a a good goalie. And, uh, and I remember that summer, yeah, I came in and, and, and uh, I was in good shape and everything like that. And just, everything kind of fell into place that year and we had a special year my sophomore year there didn't you um yeah 31 games played 921 save percentage 219 goals against and then you just straight up left school right away uh but other guys that were on that squad this guy's name just came up the last one i did jamie mcqueen he didn't have a big year in college that year but boy did he make a name for himself in germany he went from the second league right straight to berlin you know he's a good player good school he can he can shoot a puck yeah yeah he that team actually i don't know if we went to the final four that year that my sophomore year yeah we went to the final four and that's part that's why that's how it happens though winning takes people places going to the final four gets you guys out there in front of everybody and uh Western Michigan, that wasn't happening for me. We were losing, and uh, I could score all the goals and points I want, but people weren't coming to watch because we we weren't doing well. You know, and it's funny you say that, man, because right after we won those games to go to the Final Four, I remember leaving the rink and we played the regional tournament in um, Grand Rapids, Michigan, yep. and we played Notre Dame first, and then we played Cornell second. And uh, we beat them both. And then leaving the rink after, I remember like going out and like trying to meet my family and stuff like that. And this guy approached me and he was like, Hey, do you have an agent or whatever? And I was like, no. And he's like, he's like, Oh, you should get one. And he like gave me his business card. I was like, well, why, like, why do I need an agent? He's like, well, <laughs> he's like, you're going to get an NHL contract. And then I was like, what the heck? Like, I didn't even know. You're so just playing. That, <laughs> yeah, man. That that's how that's how quick it can happen. Like it's just you play at the right, in front of the right people at the right time, and no, it's true though. And then it was the weirdest part for me was like I, well, I there was a year, my third year, junior year, I was leading NCAA in scoring like the end of November, and I had no agent, never even been asked yeah. from an agent to be my agent. And then all of a sudden you get like a whole whack of them and you're like, well, what do I do with this? And uh, exactly. yeah. And then all of a sudden you're into it and it's, it's cool when small town Ontario boys, all of a sudden that happens for them. Right. Because the Toronto kids probably have losers asking them to be their agent already. And it's like, well, you don't need one. You don't need one at all. And um, when it's time to have one, it's time to have one, I guess. <laughs> exactly. And I, I, I look back at the whole thing and like, when I left school, I wasn't ready to leave school, like maturity wise, uh, just everything. Like I had only played one year of college. Right. And, and you really did her though. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I look back on it now and, and, you know, but, but with that being said, you know, you go back, you don't have next year is not the same. Everything's different. Right. Exactly. And, and so, you know, it is what it is, but, you know, I just, I realized that because as I got older, you know, and when I was in Russia and stuff like that, and I was like, okay, now I kind of, 
you know, I wish I would have had that opportunity again then, right? Obviously, everyone can say these Well, things, and you have to be ready when you make the jump to pro. I know I wasn't ready, and that was after exactly. four years. I, I don't think I knew what it was all about and what was all out there. And um... 100%. These kids nowadays, these young kids nowadays, I feel they're so much more groomed for it at a young age. Like, they're, they're so much more ready for it than, you know, our generation was coming through it. I yeah so then how did it end up being the Bruins that you signed with you know what um because I'm just looking when I look at the NHL team and there's Tim Thomas and exactly like it was terrible terrible but at the time like this guy that I had signed with as an agent is like you know this is the team you should sign with and like you know there was other options like I remember Detroit was an option Arizona was an option uh Washington was an option and like but at the time you don't know anything and you're just trusting this you're guy trusting this guy and it was so the same for me with signing with Syracuse that year uh with Columbus was I knew they didn't really want me but they'd guaranteed it and he says well they've been good to you you should stick with them and I'm like but there's other options and these guys are saying they don't really want me and I went with his decision and look ever since i've looked back i'm like well that didn't make any sense what why wouldn't i be a man and tell that guy that's the wrong decision yeah because you know you're at that you don't know you're you're so naive right and i, I remember going to my first training camp and i remember watching tuker ask and i remember like being like holy shit and i remember i'm like and then at the other end was the guy that just won the vesna <laughs> and and i'm like this this guy's better than the guy that just won the Vesna. The guy the, and I was like the other end. Yes. I was like Yeah. Yeah. I was like, maybe can we change? Can I call the story back? <laughs> no, but yeah. Um I was curious because you know, I my junior year was when I had options of somewhat to leave and my agent said I wouldn't be going back and then the lockout happened and then I did go back and then our team finished in 11th place in the CCHA and exactly. like I had a good year but it's like well your team's fucking brutal so where do you think you're going and as a goalie too it's so much more volatile because it's like if you only get on one a bad play. team you can only stop so many pucks or if you have a bad month all of a sudden the soft, you, you know, they're playing the, the other guy and it's like, yeah. you might not get the net back. Right. And, yeah. and it's like, it's such a weird dynamic, you know, as a goalie, um, it's, it it's completely totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Cause only one guy gets to play each game. Right. Yeah. So then you do leave. Um, it didn't look, you didn't leave like at the end of sophomore year and play it. You waited till the next season. So then you're going straight into, I'm an NHL contract. You're going to NHL training camp and you're into it. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's an eye opener, man. Like, especially those, I I'm sure Vex could probably comment on that. Oh, well, he was in the Bruins too, right? Yeah. Right. That organization too. And, 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 you know, that was their heyday. Like, you know, they were, they were loaded and, you know, you're walking into that locker room and there's Chara, Lucic, Bergeron, Krejci, Mark Recchi, like all these guys. And it's an intimidating, intimidating thing. And it's crazy because as soon as you have that feeling, you're you're done. You know, you, you can't go into it. 
being you, ha you have to mentally think you're supposed to be there and they want that's you right and when that's i right. went there i was so in awe i remember that's right. i go to columbus i'm sergey fedorov's there and frederick modine and i'd watch modine with the leafs and i'm like so he goes to the movies just like us and i was like what yeah and and i think maybe for us being from small towns and stuff like that and being not really exposed to it i don't know but i felt like and that's when I go back to talking about when I, I just wasn't mature enough at that age to handle it. And, and, you know, and it was, it was an eye opener, man. I it remember the like, same for me. I wasn't ready. I didn't believe in myself enough. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't go out there, like watch what I can do. It was more like I'm watching what those guys can do. And it's funny. Cause you do see the young guys. Like I remember Brad Marchand. Um, he was a great player, obviously, but like he had that attitude, that swagger. Yeah, you know, people call him cocky. Well, you know, he was confident. Was he a little bit cocky? Maybe, but it worked well, out. That's what for those him. guys need, right? Like that's, that's what right. those those guys that do it. They they have that swagger, and they do believe deep down that they're better than you, and then they are better than you because they believe it. And exactly, was, and then it's like I went to the second league in Germany. I didn't know what the league was like. I was just like, well. I see these guys in the first league. There's no way I can't do this. And that was my mindset going there. It was like, I can do this. I'm good in the second yeah. league in Germany. But you go to those other places and you see guys that you've been playing against or seen on TV. And right. I, did, I had a hard time dealing. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny because I look back and like the times that I didn't give a shit and I was just like, that's, just that's the time you played your best hockey. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, when you're not uh, thinking about all the other noise. That's right. That's right. Exactly, man. It's, and it's funny, like as you get older, you learn those things, right? But it so is that first year, though, that rookie year, it had you on the roster for Boston. And when I got creepy, it looked like you played, a, you were in the lineup for a game against the Leafs. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And then I was up a bit, um, during the year. Um, and then, Played some exhibition games and stuff like that, so that was cool. It was, uh, that would be you cool. know, it was, yeah, it was awesome. I remember, yeah, I remember getting called up and playing. They played Toronto that night, and uh, you know, going out for warm up. And I remember Don Cherry. I was sitting on the on the bench, and Don Cherry came out and dropped the puck. So he came through the tunnel right where you sit and walked by. And he was talking to me and stuff like that, like little things like that that were kind of cool. Oh yeah. Um, Especially being against the Leafs too, right? But well, yeah, growing up in Ontario, playing the Leafs is that's yeah. would have been a day for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that first year, you have forty-six games with Reading in the coast and sixteen playoff games, six in the AHL, but sixteen playoff games. You guys must have gone on a bit of a run then, eh? Yeah, we had a good team. We lost in the conference finals, game seven. Mm. Um. Yeah, we had a good team. And and you go back to like just great dudes. Like how you so much fun, man. So much that was one of the funnest things. We were in a shitty city like Reading, like terrible city. But man, we had fun. Just because we had great dudes. And we we had a coach that wasn't like he had just got done playing, wasn't like the biggest X's and O's guys, but was an awesome dude. And guys wanted to play for him. Yeah. And yeah. you know, and we were good. We should have won. We lost, lost in game seven. We should have won. And who knows what would have happened in the finals, but the team we lost to ended up winning it Cincinnati, but 
Um, no, I like, yeah, hits home for me too. My only year in uh, the coast, we went to the finals and lost in the finals to Idaho and Derek Nesbitt, that punk. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So then, um, I, and the other thing was in the coast first the AHL, I know you did a bit of both. I found these coast teams to be more teams. They were hundred oh, better, better dudes, better guys that were into it to be hockey guys and play hockey for the love. And they were teammates. They were, they, they uh, were happy when guys got called up, they supported each other. Um, I have they, a, the AHL was the opposite of that. I, and maybe that's cause I played on bad AHL teams. Um, maybe that's why it was like that. I don't know, but I, Totally agree with everything you're saying on that. Like, I remember one time being in Providence uh, it, after practice in the locker room, they come in, they tell a guy he's getting called up. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, congrats, man, congrats, man. The guy leaves, and everyone's Bad like, shit. Yeah, everyone's like how did he get called up? Like, are you kidding me? How the, and I'm, I couldn't believe it. I, I could not I, believe it. I agree. And, and, They're not actually and, genuinely happy for the guy at all. No. And then you go, uh, you know, I go down to Reading and, and the guys were just awesome dudes, man, playing because they love the game, playing, you know, and, and yep. yeah, I totally agree with all that. Um, that's That was my experience. It was only one year, but um, then going to Germany and you're on a team for a year and this is your team and you figure it out together and um there's not the in and out, the up and down. It was, this yeah. is your team. Let's figure it out. It was it was like I was back in Elmira, Ontario. <laughs> yeah. No, man, I, I hear you, man. I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't agree more with all that stuff. Well, so anyways, then after your two years, um, you do decide to head to Russia. We did talk about Russia, but how did you make that decision that after two years you're heading to Russia? Part of it was like money, looking money, at, money, at money. the Boston organization. Yeah, that was part of it too. Yeah, money. Uh, <laughs> Money's a thing. <laughs> money, money is real. Uh, yeah. But I heard. About yeah, it. like <laughs> yeah. that organization. Like we're going back to, like you, the writings on the wall, pretty, pretty clear. Where, you know, yeah, especially as a goaltender, there's only yeah. one guy gets to play. And and in Providence, we had this skills coach that was a Russian. And I used to sit out there and practice and just, you know, I'd sit out there with the guys for like 45 minutes after practice and just, they'd be just hammering pucks at me. Oh, yeah. And he, he respected it. Like that I'd stay out there all the time and he liked me. So I got to know this guy pretty good. And, and yeah, I going to Russia and that year I was in Providence. The one of the older goalies that was there, he had played in Russia before and came back and he had told me like about the money and all this kind of stuff. So I, as soon as this guy told me, I was like, yeah, sure, man, whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go do it. I was young. I'm like, I'll yeah. go. Yeah. And um, so sure as shit after the season, uh, he called me. He's like, Hey, this team will sign you. And without that guy, man, I probably wouldn't have got over there. Right. No. And it takes someone, my, it takes my, knowing someone. And my GM that year was um, Alexei Jamnov was our GM that year. In Russia? Yeah, on the first team I played on, yeah. He was a player. Um, yeah. So, yeah, then you have your three years there. And then, well, then you, you head to South Korea and you've really set up shop, eh? Yeah, it's uh, it's home, man. Like, I 
it definitely is. You're comfortable it, now, right? And you know people yeah. around town and you know your you favorite know, restaurants even, and where you want to go. And 100%. And even like with the organization, like things like, you know, it's not like a player management relationship now, you know, it's, it's respect. Yeah. And the respect that's given both ways, you know, it's, it's awesome. And, and especially in the hockey world, you know, you know what it's like rare. Exactly. You know, you play for so long and you, and you get treated and shipped around and it's hard to find loyalty. It's hard, hard to find respect and things like that. And, and when you actually get it, um, it's awesome, man. It makes you want to to play and, and it makes and, you want and it, and it makes you want to dig down a little deeper for them and help exactly. them a little bit more exactly that's exactly it man it's a, you treat people the right way and most of the time you know they're gonna give it right back so well and it's um, like uh when i went to cardiff and i had been through the ringer a bit like i thought i'd played well wherever i went and you know maybe my body doesn't look like the prototypical hockey player but I done. Yeah. I thought well everywhere, and then you don't have loyalty some places, and you don't get treated that well some places. And then I get to Cardiff, Wales, and like the day you show up, you got food in your fridge waiting for you. There's a jersey set out on the crib for my son with 18 Walton, and it's like, oh, like you guys get it. So I'm like, so you guys like care, and I'm like, okay, yeah. I care too. That <laughs> you know, That's, man, it's such a it's such a good feeling. Like you, you know, and I, the coaches here have been amazing. My teammates have been amazing. Like it's, it's, it is, you know, when you play with people that long, you know, like I've had teammates that I've seen, you know, come out of university and now they're married and have kids, you know, and stuff like that, you know? So yeah, it's, uh, it's more than just hockey, I guess. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's become your hockey family or family, but like, it is cool. And it's like, that's what I love about doing this was the last guy I had on was a guy I played with when he was a young punk in Germany. And then, you know, I would, didn't even realize all this was happening. I knew they were having good careers, but like six or seven of my puppies in Germany that I played with when they were like young are all legends now in different towns and are going to get their jerseys raised in different towns. And I see them married with kids now. And it's yeah. like, holy shit, look at you guys go. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 cool, man. It's I feel very fortunate to, you know, still be able to do it at this age for sure. So no doubt. And um other small world for you is my my favorite um national team really is Team Great Britain, because all my buddies are on it. And yeah. um, they have a team of good dudes that do anything for each other. They have the best culture of hockey I've seen out there. Um, you were just in Nottingham playing them, were you not? Yeah, 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 we were. Uh, first time in GB, so that was kind of cool um, going there. And, and uh, yeah, it was good, man. They they ran a great tournament. It was good. They had a good team. I think they beat us 4 nothing or 3 nothing, something like that. We played them first, first game, actually, of the tourney, and the place was rocking, man. Like, it was just – that's awesome and like yeah that's a lot of my boys on that team and a lot of shed guys and uh they got they got great dudes that are in it for the right reasons and love hockey and the fans too a big supporter of great britain hockey um but it's neat when i know a guy that's playing against them for so yeah no it's for sure and that's actually that was the first that was the first time i've ever played against them actually just um you know just the way that 
Well, it's got to be a bit different now, right? Because I don't think we've talked about this, though. So when you get over there, you got Big Brock and then Vex. But then another, uh, my Daytona Beach roommate for Dayton Bombers with Brad Farniak. He was over there for a while after Dayton, too. Yeah. There used to be a lot more imports over there. There used to be like they used to be doing what they did for you. And I look at your roster now, man. You might be sticking out like a sore thumb nowadays. Yeah, you know, the whole COVID situation over here really messed Damn. things up pretty yeah. good, yeah. Um, teams not wanting to spend as much money and stuff like that and, and bring the imports in and stuff. And it's slowly coming back. Um, but, you know, Would it not take then, just one team to be like, okay, let's bring in four imports and beat yeah. the shit out of everybody. And then the next team's going to be like, okay, we're doing that too. 100%. 100% that's what it do, but being in Asia and Asian culture, um, that's not something that some a team would want to do. You know what I mean? Like it would kind of be like they'd have to all agree on it to do. Um, it. Yeah, because like just the whole Asian culture thing, like it would be very frowned upon if like um, you know a team did that. I guess as weird as that sounds. Um, yeah, but it's it's a different culture, man, and and it's got a lot of good so- things about it. That, that's but, what I mean. It sounds like they're trying to keep it fair. They're trying to like, because yeah, they're, they're mo- most leagues, if they see a, a leg up, they're going to take that. <laughs> if they see 100%. an inch, they're taking it. 100%. Uh, and it used to be like that. Like it used to be like, you know, we, we have all these guys with passports and then we'd still go get imports. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, we were, we were good, man. And, and, um, you know, I, I think that was frowned upon a little bit, you know, but we were taking every little inch we could. And and, and that's how you win. And you guys yeah. won a lot. Um, yeah. Well, I guess last question, because we never even got to this. I guess we're going to have to join the real world here. You know, people have to work for a living. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> what are the barns like in that league? Um, Is it the place <laughs> I was talking to? I'm pretty sure they played out of a casino. Ooh. Is there a... Um, hang not, not that i know of um oh, maybe not I'm at a casino up. maybe i was way oh, maybe in china me. maybe in china they had one out of a casino they might have um but they're they're how do i explain them they're they're not like they're like concrete just big concrete uh there's nope. not a lot of character to them i guess you could say like they're not old um, barns that have character yeah exactly they're just very generic concrete yeah yeah exactly do you um, get fans yes and no depending on who you play um you know when we when we played Korean korea teams i actually i'd say our team like we sell out all the time but um if you're going to japan playing some teams in japan they might not draw as well playing us but if they played a japan team they would draw well um there was Russian teams in the league before this yeah. whole war thing went on. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they would obviously draw well and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah. Just that league on. was expanding somewhat and getting out. It there. was going to, it was going to be, you know, there was going to be, I think three teams from Russia, um, three or four teams from Russia. And then um, two in China, five in Japan, three in Korea. And then COVID kind of just 
smacked everyone around and yeah, and uh, sure did. um what are road trips like for you guys you guys go on like roadies uh we'll go yeah like we'll fly we fly everywhere obviously um and then you know we'll play two or four games at a time on the road and then come back right so um, it's it's pretty good like it's we're not flying private we're flying commercial but yeah um Still it's fun though getting the boys in the airport and all that. Yeah, like it's it's um it's better than riding the bus for twelve hours or like, <laughs> no, like yeah, <laughs> no doubt. And you may as well go play two or four games and then come back and then just do it. Yeah, yeah. like it's, oh, it's good, man. It's it's uh well, you know you hear it, it seems like you found your home in the hockey world. Like you like, and one guy told me when I got to Germany, he said, you know, you got to find a home you got to find a place where like there's loyalty where they respect you you respect them and that's your spot and you need the fans to buy india and want you back and like he was right and um i had that for a while and it and then i had to find a new one and i didn't find it in cardiff till the end of my career when it was over but you got to find that home you got to find that base and pro hockey because if you don't have that you see the resumes uh, the research team gets hot for me and like the guys that bounce around for a few years, oh. you know, you kind of just, you're like, you kind of, it gets a bit old. Well, and then you don't get the benefit of the doubt. Like you have one bad year, you're done. And it's like, instead of like, you know, you're in somewhere where they're loyal to you. And it's like, well, they treat, like, if you have a bad year, you know, it's whatever. They're still going to take care of you. And, and, and they still whatever. know who you are and that exactly. you know, it's a one-off. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's part of that is the Asian culture itself. Um, you know, that's just kind of how they are. Uh, if you get into their circle and you gain their respect and stuff like that, it's, it's, a, you know, it's a pretty good place to be. So, well, that's cool. And it's been great getting to know you better after than our one skate. I know, you know, I get chatting a lot, but you know, we went and yeah, yeah, locked yeah. it up there for an hour and a bit, and then you get chatting about hockey and life and, it is interesting all the different paths this sport can take you, right? It's pretty neat. It is, man. It's a small world. And like I said, like, you know, when you've been doing it for a while, like you and I have, like, you're not, you always know, if you don't know the exact person, you're one person away from knowing them, right? Like it's, it's such oh, yeah. a small world. Yeah, It is. So. And uh, the good dudes need to stay together in this. And uh, I hear the, you there. Yeah. Well, I better get to the real world, folks. And this has been another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Galtz and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tanaka bands. I'm like Pete Southtown's Van Van. I'm always speaking my mind.